like us just to welcome Steve in just a moment. Steve, come up and, and get ready. Um, it's wonderful having Steve back here. He's part of uh, Pastor Tark uh, Barna's church um, in uh, Auckland. And Steve just loves evangelism. He, we were talking earlier this year or maybe late last year, and he said, oh, I met one of your people from your church, John. I said, oh, how did that happen? He said, well, I was witnessing in West City Mall. I went up to them thinking they might not be a Christian. So I don't know who you are, but you look like a non-Christian. And, and they, they said to Steve, oh, no, you've been here. I've been to some of your seminars. I've listened to you preaching at, at St. Albans, and they had that catch-up. But can we just welcome Steve here this morning as he speaks to us? Thanks very much, John. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, really looking forward to coming each time I'm here. I love the church. It's just a it must be one of my very favorite places to come. So thank you for having me. Thank you, John. Uh, delighted to be here. And, and the team, just uh, just so cool. And of course, I am a hometown boy back home from to my hometown of Christchurch, a loyal Crusaders fan, and I watched the game avidly on Friday. Oh, aren't they good? You know, poor old Auckland. I, I would like to see Auckland win some games, and they couldn't even beat the Lions. Oh, but the Crusaders just blitzed them. Oh, that was so good. So it is it is great. Yeah, just, just love being here. So... Um, I'm just going to pray, and uh, but before I do, I just want to, um, this, this verse came to me really clearly uh, for someone here in the church, and I'd like to pray for you. Um, I'll just get you to stand if it's you, in your seat if you don't mind, and I'll just pray from here. But um, you're facing a situation, and there are powerful enemies around you. You don't know how you're going to get through. It feels like it's, wow, how can I get through this? But God has a word for you. If that is you today and you feel that, please stand right now and I'm going to share the word that God's given me for you. Okay, you may or may not want to stand, but I'm asking you to and uh, thank you. Okay, this is the verse that God's given me. I'm going to share the verse and then I'm going to pray for you. Father, just, the, the verse here is, he rescued me from my powerful enemies and my foes who were too strong for me. He rescued me. And it's Psalm 33, verse 17. Lord, I just pray right now that your rescuing power would flow, that great peace would fill her heart, and the Lord, she would know your grace and your power and your strength. God, we stand with her against every work of the enemy. We bind you, Satan. We resist you now. We release the mighty power of God to work in this situation, turning it for good and rescuing her, Lord, powerfully and wonderfully. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. Um, I won't pray for you, but you shared your faith with someone. You did your very best. It's sort of gone pear-shaped. I don't know what's happened, but there's real guilt in your heart. Um, maybe the person you tried has, has died. I don't know. But you did your very best, and you almost feel condemned. And God's word to you is this. He says, hey, you did your best but it's between me and this other person about their salvation. So relax, let it go, let God's peace fill your heart. Let's just pray right now as we look at our subject this morning. Father, we just commit ourselves to you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your plan for us personally. Lord, for our church here, we thank you for your plan. Indeed, for this nation as well, you have a good plan. 
So, Father, we pray you'll help each of us to learn and to grow and then put into action what we hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, my subject is sharing the gospel in New Zealand. Oh, and as I am about to do this, let me put my timer on. That will encourage you, I know, won't it? I know. That's right. It doesn't always mean anything, but at least I put the timer on. But there you go. So when I talk about sharing the gospel in New Zealand, why don't you think for a moment about your unsaved family member? Or, or maybe they once knew God and they are so far away. A son, a daughter, grandparents, grandchildren, sister, brother, mother, father, whoever it may be. I'm presently um, staying with uh, one of my sisters and her husband right now, and I'm doing all I can. When I think of sharing the gospel in New Zealand, I think of my family. I think of those, you know, I'm the only white sheep. They're all black sheep. None of them are saved. And yet when I was, I was, I was the kid in the house, I was really bad. I was naughty, and they were all goody-goodies. But I got saved, and they didn't. And uh, now, of course, you know, numbers of years later, happily married for nearly, you know, 30-odd years, three amazing sons, um, great relationships. They all look on. They've been married and divorced and married and divorced and kids are estranged. And, you know, I mean, the fruit is there and tangible and evident. And, um, you know, they can see that. And I, I know at times they make comments and I'm doing my best to help them along. You, or you may say this morning, well, okay, I'll think about my family, but, you know, I, I really, or my neighbour, but I really have a lot of my own plate. I've got a lot of things on. I'm busy. You know, it, it's really hard to get out of that. And, boy, I like that, some of that missions presentation. That was really uh, very challenging. Thanks, guys, for that. That's a, they're great things to get on. It will, will uh, bring freshing in your life and bring God just, just breath on you. But, you know, as you give out to others or you go on a missions trip and do something, as you pour in, you'll find that God will pour back into you. The thing about it is oftentimes our breakthroughs come when we begin to reach out to others. God has just designed it that way. You know, when Job prayed for his friends who are absolute ratbags, God poured into Job and brought a great release. He doubled in his income. He doubled in his finances. His, his family grew. I mean, that's the blessing and the favor of God. Lived a long time with, with good health. I mean, it all went right for Job when he began to give into others. And I believe as you will, will just look above the, the things that are in front of you right now and look beyond that and look out to other people, you will see that God will work powerfully in your situation and you will get your breakthrough in the same time. The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. That's God's way. And I thought of Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. She was a, a real giving lady, full of good works, and yet she needed a breakthrough. You know what her breakthrough was? She was dead. She died. Acts chapter 9. Yeah, that, that's a pretty big breakthrough. I don't think anyone here has a breakthrough that big. Well, Apostle Peter comes along. They're all crying and upset. He says, look, get out of the room, please, guys. And he, he prays in faith, and he raises her back from the dead. That was a miracle. It was a breakthrough. And I think one of the reasons... For that breakthrough was because Tabitha was a person who poured her life into others. You cannot go wrong reaching out and sharing the gospel, even praying for your unsaved friends, family, loved ones, neighbors. God will look after you at the same time. Now, there are two reasons that people are not a Christian. The first one is they've never met a Christian. The second reason, 
Do you know what it is? They have met a Christian. You've heard this before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? So the way we approach people is, is so important. I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a, he's a radical dude, right? He used to do cage fighting in Brazil, professional, very big guy, very powerful guy. So he's a super aggressive guy, and he's on his Facebook page doing stuff and doing all these posts. And he just gets all this, he said, I get all this hate, hate, you know, posts back at me. And I said, hey, I go witnessing in the malls, on the streets. I never, I never have problems. I, you know, I, I, I just hope he comes back and says, why? Because I'd like to tell him, you know, it's, it's often how the way that you approach things. So, but people, you know, if they haven't met a Christian or if they've met the wrong Christian, it, they, it can put them off. You know, someone said, Jesus did not come to rub it in. He came to rub it out. You know, he didn't come to condemn, did he? That's, that's, see, he loves people. He loves everybody. And, and he, he doesn't agree with what they do or their lifestyle or their beliefs, but he loves them. He died for them. Are you the person who you brings joy wherever you go, or is it whenever you leave? <laughs> I think I've been guilty of that second one a few times, but I'm trying. So, and things can come up in your daily life at any time. And when they do, just be ready, just to say something that's appropriate. My, my younger son, Tim, he's, he's still at home with us. Um, he's studying, but he's got a part-time job working at a, a store called Smith & Coey. And he's, he likes this area. It's, it's uh, men's clothing. He's always liked fashion. It's all, as a little kid, he'd always dress up and this and that. And he's always liked it. So he's happy. So he's there. He hasn't been only there a few weeks. And he's in his locker. I'm not sure, getting changed or something. And he's, he's singing away just to himself quietly. But a guy in the locker overhears him and says, Oh, why are you so happy? And, and well, what would you say to that? Well, Tim, Tim told him why he was happy, because of Jesus. Well, he, he texted me last night and said, yep, the guy's confirmed he's coming to church this morning. Right. Isn't that great? Yeah, he's only known him a couple of weeks. He's quite new in the job. But it, it just came up. Another time, Tim was on the bus and he's coming, going home. And he heard these young uh, 10, 11-year-old boys talking. They were really talking and very concerned about death and, and, and fearful. And it went on for a few minutes, and they were genuinely really troubled, you know, a group of three or four of them. So he sidled across in the bus and said, hey, guys, look, I hope you don't mind me, but I heard what you were saying. And then he just shared God's peace, that God can give protection, that God is with us. And he just shared and took the opportunity to make the most of it. So things will just come up for you. You can be sure of it. Sometimes they come up for me, and I don't even notice it, and it's gone. And I, oh, wow, I could have maybe said something then. But, you know, if we will pray, God can really help us. Remember this, that Jesus died for us in public. Let's not keep our faith private. When I saw that, I thought, wow, that is, is good. So our first slide here, sharing the gospel in New Zealand, the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, the devil has said to us, this is a lie, don't appear a religious fanatic. You know, it's intimidation and it's fear, and it's not from God. And don't believe that lie. You know, you are not a religious fanatic, and I am not one either. 
you know, and, and for the enemy to come and say, oh, you know, don't do this, don't do that, you know, it can really begin to weigh down on Christians and, and breed fear. And I believe God wants us to stand against that. Yes, we need to be wise. Of course we do. But we can be bold. We've got good news to share. We've got the best news ever. It is a great thing that we can share. And, and we can be proud of what Jesus has done for us. We can be bold, we can be strong, whether it's at school or university or whether it's in the workplace or with your neighbors. We can be bold and we can be strong. Jesus said, the harvest is ripe. It is always ripe. People always want to know. And, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is in the soil of this nation. It's in the soil of New Zealand. You go right back to 1814 when Samuel Marsden came and I think it was Christmas Day he preached his first message up there in the Bay of Islands. A huge move of God began amongst the Maori people. And I understand looking at church history in this nation that over 50% of Maori were saved and born again. You know, his revival would touch the nation powerfully at that time. You know, I, I just did a quick look um, on the four ships in... Um, in Christchurch here, because I heard someone mention it once to me. And, you know, when those four ships came here to, to Christchurch to establish this, this city and this place, you know, they were, their hopes were that it would be a, a great Christian community. So right in the origins and the beginnings, God was endeavoring to work in this place. I got saved in Christchurch a year or two ago now, at what was then the Sydenham Assembly of God. And on one occasion, this older lady comes to me and says, Brother, on this spot is where Smith Wigglesworth prayed for me in this church. Has anyone ever heard, heard of that guy, Smith Wigglesworth? Oh, okay, you're very good. You, you know who he was. He was an amazing miracle worker that raised people from the dead. He was moved in great power. Well, he came to Christchurch, as well as Wellington and I believe in Auckland. And God moved amazingly and powerfully. And he came in our church uh, where I was, I was saved. And it was an amazing time. You know, and I guess there's somehow soil, and of course some of you, like me, could have been saved in the, uh, well I was saved early 70s, but late 60s, early 70s, and there was this real charismatic move, this Jesus move, they were kind of working together. And I can remember going down, I think they had the Jesus move, uh, going down Colombo Street, I think it was a Friday night, uh, or a, I think it was a Friday night though, and I wasn't a Christian, but guess what? I was at that point, I was so close, I was on that march. And we were going down, 15,000 of us, going down Columbus Street. And, and, and for some reason, I was leading a chart. Give us a J. And they were going, J, give us an E, E. And all, you know, where we're going, I'm not even saved. But God was so moving in Christchurch, moving powerfully. And I got, three days later, I got really saved, really saved. And I was ablaze at Teachers College, and you could not shut me up. And I was a real pain. But, you know, you kind of learn as you go along. And uh, we just saw amazing things take place in our own church. Week after week, week after week, there'd be 20 plus salvations every week for months and months and months. And I thought, oh, this is normal Christian life. And then the church split. Oh, that was sad. And of course, it just yeah, it turned to custard. It wasn't, well, it should be normal Christian life. In fact, what happened, and then after it split, then we had a guy come down from, Auck from Auckland. Oh, there's Aucklanders, man. And he came down from Auckland. He's a great guy, actually. He's a good friend of mine. And, but he was very strong into teaching and worship. 
and he was running the youth group. And, you know, every Friday night, we used to go into the square, and there'd be up to 100 of us at least singing and worshipping and witnessing and being nice and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, that's where people were getting saved all the time because we were so active. And this guy comes down, you know, the church is split, and uh, he says, oh, oh, you know, look, I think people are getting a bit tired. It's a bit, a, a bit legalistic. No, we'll, we'll close it down, and we'll focus on have worship nights. And we'll do teaching, because his big thing was teaching. And so we shut the whole outreach down, and uh, we did worship and teaching. And, you know, things just, just really diminished way, way down. And I think that happened to many places across the country. And, and worship is important. I love to worship. Teaching is vital. It's really vital. But we must keep our focus outward, out of our walls. And frankly, for me, maybe you too, out of our homes. We've got to think about our neighbors and where you work. We've got to think about our work colleagues. We must, again, dig the wells of salvation. You know, just recently we had a water baptism, and I think you've got one next Sunday, which sounds so exciting. Um, is that right, Pastor John? Yeah, yeah, great. Well, so we had one on a Sunday night, and this, um, this couple, there's maybe, you know, 10 or 12 getting baptized, and anyway, this uh, couple, probably very late 20s, got up, and in the morning, they just got saved, and in the morning, they dedicated their children, and they've got four kids, but the two sets of twins, aged about two and about four, and that's really unusual. And she's on Facebook, and she's got about 60 or 70,000 followers. And, you know, she's doing, doing <laughs> not bad, actually. And, and she shares, because they go through everybody, and they talk about something about their Christian life, just newly saved, how they got saved. And she said, we were walking along in Henderson about two months ago, and someone handed us a tract, and we walked on. Yeah, that's, that's all they did. Now, she was saved. Her husband was saved. Um, the four kids were little, but I guess saved and then there were four of her family present on that night and when the altar call was given guess what the four family members put their hands up and they went forward so that's 10 if you include the children of the family that got saved from one person giving out just one of these just that I mean that how that is really simple to do and I understand that you know tracks are not everybody's thing and that's quite okay but you know, it just shows you people are open, the harvest is right, God can do a big thing on a little act. So don't ever minimize what you're doing. So, uh, you know, I always try and carry this around with, with me, steps to peace with God. It's a great thing for the Billy Graham Association. So, next slide. Keys to renewing our passion for the lost. Out there. Wow. Now, someone this morning talked about self-denial. Well, I'm going to throw something out to you that's really, really challenging, okay? So if you don't like this, just put your hands in your ears for the next five minutes. I'll understand. So Matthew 17, 21, Jesus talking, this kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. Isaiah 66, verse 8, for as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Um, we've always, as a church, and I know you do too, we've believed in fasting. And recently we pushed it out a little bit, and we did a 21-day fast as a church. 
Now, it was up to everybody to do what they, they pick and choose, but we had, we had 10,000 days of fasting from everybody, someone doing something. We got them to fill out a form, put up on a screen, and we saw on the Monday how many are doing it on the Tuesday, right the way through for 21 days. Oh, it was great. I lost, I lost a bit of weight. I was very happy about that. That was awesome. But, you know, I do hate fasting. Is anybody like me, or am I the only one? I, I really don't like fasting. It's so hard. Uh, and, you know... I also hate it because it works. It, it's amazing. You know that verse there in Isaiah 66, as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth. You know, when we fast, we, we really labor, we really afflict our soul, we bash up our emotions. Oh, little on the body. I mean, on it goes, you know. But it actually works. God honors it. He sees it. We humble our hearts in that way. And we had some prayer meetings. I think we had three prayer meetings a week for an hour. And, and, and we pushed it out a little bit. And since that time, week after week, the number of people getting saved has just gone through the roof until till our, um, two Sundays ago, because I'm not here today, obviously I'm here, um, we got 90 people coming forward for salvation on one day. It's just amazing. We've just seen an absolute breakthrough. We had an Auckland conference, same thing. These amazing numbers of salvations, just incredible. We've never had it like that before. And it's a direct correlation to the church praying and fasting because when you pray and fast what you do is you smash through spiritual forces see Ephesians 6 talks about us wrestling with these principalities and powers over us and they can dominate a region and God has given the church authority and power to overcome but we have to take up that authority and power and I guess one of the major ways is through prayer and fasting. And when that takes place first, then the activity on the ground is so much more effective, so much more powerful, you know? So I would just throw that out to you to consider that. If you really want to see God break through, he will. He will do it, but there are ways, and those ways sometimes have a cost to them. And the most Direct and powerful in scripture is prayer and fasting. Okay, well, take your hands out of you. I finished that one now. We're moving on to slide number three. Four steps to our step-by-step process. Yes, it was three, but we did a quick decision this morning and we, we changed it because these all rhyme, you see. Prayer, care, share, and declare. So I thought, oh, we'll put that in. So... There we go. So the first way of the step-by-step process is prayer. And I've talked a bit about that, but this is just more for ourselves. I would say I try and pray, I I do pray every day, for souls. I pray for my neighbors, for my family, uh, people I might meet. So I pray for myself that, God, you'll help me to see see the opportunity, not let it just go sailing by, to be bold, to speak up boldly, appropriately, and to say something. So pray for yourself, pray for courage. The righteous are bold as that lion. We can be bold, we really can be. And see where you live, see where you work as a mission field. That's your major mission that God has given you. God's put you there for a reason. It's not just to get the pay packet. It's not just to learn some information. No, it's actually to be a witness. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. The glory and the, and the grace of God rests on you. You have an answer. You have something to share. 
And if it's a loving uh, family member or if it's a colleague at work that you really like and get on with, then you can expect God to just do things as you start to pray. You know, my dear wife, she's shy. She, the opposites attract. So she's shy. And so she's, she works in a home care area for about 20 hours a week. And she's tried, she hears me talk, and she, she's tried to do this, but she just found it quite challenging. But she was so excited the other day, for the first time, she prayed with a lady, and she led her to Christ. And she was so thrilled. And Debbie's going to be here in August. So, so she, actually, she has had some amazing encounters for about three months. But now, most mornings, she's out way before me, seeking God, crying, every day, crying. And, and it, you know, and just the burden for the country and the nations that just doesn't know what to do with it. It's been quite a remarkable thing. But she's been hugely effective in ministry since this time. And uh, it's just been, God is doing a lot more through her with no more effort. It's quite remarkable. So, so, okay, so there's soil. So when I'm witnessing and sharing with my family, I just try to look for the, where the soil has been softened, okay? Because I, if, I know we did a seminar a, a few years ago, you don't have to hit people over the head. You don't have to. And with family members and people you work with, it's not going to work, is it? You know? We only have to respond to when they are, they are open. And if they're not, we just be kind and we, we just don't worry. We leave, we just bless them. So prayer first and then care. Care. Showing intentional care. How are you doing with that? Towards your son, towards your daughter, towards your parents who don't know Christ or have gone far away, towards your grandkids, showing intentional care is everything. We have our, our neighbours around about it, and you know, it's pretty hard, all these big high fences and this and that. One of our neighbours, though, and we have tried to do this, my son mentioned to me, oh, I see they're trying to play cricket there with a, a, a wooden board and I've got a, a wooden box, and we should buy them a cricket set. So we went and bought them a cricket set, and, we, and to get, even though they're neighbours, we had to walk around about... 300 meters around to get to their place because uh, we can see them but we can't get to them so it was a bit of an effort but we knocked on the door with this cricket set and we just said what we'd seen and we gave it to them now they're, they're muslims and uh they're just i, I think they might have come in as refugees and uh, i think they were quite shocked you know when we did this it was probably about eight nine months ago now and we gave it to them we thought well we'll just do it and you know that they they thanked us and that was it but then about a week later, he brought in a meal to us. Well, that was very nice. And actually, it was, it was lovely. Very nice home-cooked meal. It was beautiful. And when this thing took place with the shootings, the next day, we went and we bought some lovely flowers. And my son and I, we went around, knocked on the door, and uh, we just said, hey, look, we, we just want you to know we stand with you. We love you. We're praying for you. And we just gave them to Abdullah. And uh, we just came pray for them. And just, just trying to build love and care into their community. My optometrist, she's an amazing lady, and uh, she's been twice as a missionary to Afghanistan. And she quoted some stats to me, and she said, when they did surveys of Muslims getting saved, she said this, that the, the second most powerful uh, impact on them were the miracles that God did when they prayed for them and they saw miracles. But the number one was the love and the friendship from the Christians. That impacted most out of everything. I tell you, people really appreciate love and care and openness. And so showing love and showing care is such an important thing. And with all our family, it's the same. And then it's share. Is there a green light? You know, you're at the lights, you're parked, like me, try to get off first. 
Got that from my dad. <laughs> he used to drive down the Port Hills without any brakes, see if he could do it. Yeah. He was a fighter pilot in the war, but he got grounded for dangerous flying. And uh, <laughs> I, I've got that in me. And oh, it's, I have to curb myself so much. <laughs> my boys are the same, actually. Yeah, it's just funny how it all goes down the genes, really, isn't it? So there you are. You're at the lights and you can't move, right? Because they're red. They have to be green. Well, with people, is it a red light with that family member or is it a green light? So this morning, I'm about to leave. I'm staying with uh, Jackie, and my sister, and Mark, her husband. And he's been talking a lot about this really bad pain. He's had it for about six, eight months in his right shoulder. He's been to the hospital and nothing's working. He's really quite desperate. And he's a real totally un-PC, uh, rough-talking uh, tradesman, you know? And so I thought, I, I was getting almost uh, about to leave. I thought, oh, maybe I, maybe I should just do this, you know. So I, I went upstairs, I'm about to say goodbye. And I said, look, Mark, would it be okay if I prayed for you for God to heal you? Because I don't know what he's going to say, right? So he said, yeah, I'd love you to. So, so Jackie said, oh, that'd be really good, that'd be really good. I mean, you know, they're not Christians. So I went around and just prayed briefly. And I said, where is it sore? Like, I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask Jesus to. And so I prayed, and I, I, thank, I was very brief prayer. It wasn't too religious, but I did get in that Jesus died for his sins, as well as healing him <laughs> in my prayer. And uh, that's okay. So I would say there's a green light there. So I, I'm aware now that they're kind of open, that the pain is bringing him to be open. And I'm seeing my other sister later on today. And uh, she had gone to one of my other son's weddings, and uh, she so enjoyed the wedding. She came to church the next day, didn't go forward for salvation, but she, she's open. So uh, she says, oh, their church is so different. They have lights and music, and, you know, they're thinking of traditional churches. So it's been quite interesting. And so um, my other, I've got four sisters. My other sister, she lives in England, and she was here recently in Auckland in Christchurch. And um, she, uh, she's never been open at all. But I took her for a drive, took time off, and took her for a drive miles away, and where she lived 40 years ago, where her kids were born, where they moved then to England at that point, and uh, we had a lovely time, we are having coffee afterwards, and, and, she just, and we just got talking, and um, I'm not sure how it came up, but I, was, she, I said to her, because this was the conversation, how it flowed, did you realise, Marilyn, that the resurrection of Jesus is the pivotal point of Christianity? If Jesus did not rise from the dead, the whole thing's not true. I said, but he did rise. And I said, when I became a Christian and I looked into the research, I was astounded at the case. It's so obvious. And I gave her a few things. She said, oh, I've never thought of that. She said, I didn't realize. People do not know. But they have to get past the fact of do you care first. If they know you genuinely care, they're going to listen. You have authority. You have authority when you care. Care releases authority in their hearts, and you can speak. And then if it's a green light, you keep going. And if it's not, then that's the point where you stop and you go to the prayer, maybe the fasting, and heaven will open over them. So sharing is so important. And I've always said this so many times, relax. We're part of a huge team. We're part, you know, other Christians will come across and they will talk to them. And Jackie just told me, who I'm staying with at the moment, I didn't know this, that her neighbor, her name is Sue, and she works at a church office. There's no Sue here, is there? It's not you, is it? 
So I thought, oh, that's, she said, oh, she's so nice, she said. Well, that was very good. So, uh, it, you know, I was very encouraged when I heard that. So, you know, we're part of a huge team working together, guys. And um, it's big, it's big. And we'll say our part and do a bit. And then someone else will carry on the, the link in the chain and bring them forward to meeting with Jesus, the wonderful Savior of all, if they will respond. And so there is prayer, there is care, there is share. And finally this morning, uh, there is declare as we finish up. So there are some verses here. And I would like you to join with me and say these verses on declaring over your family and over your life. And I, I would like you to say them, if you would, two times. We'll go through them two times. And um, as you say that, can you think of your unsaved family member, uh, neighbor, work colleague, whoever it may be, and have them in mind as you're declaring this and speaking this and saying it out loud. There's power in declaration. There really is power. So we're going to do this in faith this morning. And I'm going to ask, would you please stand with me right now? And we're going to just uh, declare these verses. We won't say the reference itself. We'll just say the verse and we'll say it twice. And then we'll move to the next one. And at the end of the fourth one, which is not a verse, but it's good thought, is uh, we've got a clap offering in faith, okay? So the first two relate to uh, unsaved or ex-church family, colleagues at work, whoever. The next two relate to you and me, where we are at. So here we go, from the top, from Acts 16, 25, twice through. Here we go. All my family will be saved. Say it in faith now. All my family will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Keep thinking and believing. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God will lead me by green lights. God will lead me by green light. This is Clap God. Let's praise Him for a moment in faith this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, we agree together that all of our family will be saved. We call in the ex-church that did know you. We call them in back to the house of God. We say, be saved. Be born again. We pray, Father, you'll open their eyes. You'll release them from fear. Lord, you'll release them from every bondage, oh God. And we pull down those strongholds of the love of money and, Lord, the love of pleasure and false belief systems and every rotten, lying spirit we come against and bind in Jesus' name. And, God, we say today, you have not given me a spirit of fear. We will not be afraid. We will not be intimidated. We will be bold as a lion because our God is the lion of the tribe of Judah and he lives inside our hearts. So Father, give us a sound mind to see the truth as it really is. And Lord, a, a, a way in which we can just begin to reach out and show love and show care. And thank you, Father, today for leading us, Lord Jesus, by those green lights. We receive them today. Thank you, Father. We receive salvation on their behalf in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Now, as I prepared for this, God gave me this passage, and then I'm going to do something. And I wouldn't have done this, but God gave this to me very clearly. And this is Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. And God talks to Moses, and, and he says, Moses, I will take the spirit that is upon you 
and I will put the same upon them. Consecrate yourselves. And I really felt God say to me, I want you to lay hands on anyone who is willing and impart the spirit of evangelism that is on you. About 20 years ago, a man came and he was praying for me and he said, God is going to give you a burning heart for the lost. And I thought, wow, that's not me. I am so far from that, you know. But as I took note of that and I kind of began to work toward it, God has done just that. And I'm just going to lay my hands on you and just say these simple words. I impart the spirit of evangelism on me to you. And I'm going to believe God this morning. There'll be a transference in God. And wherever you are at, whether you're a 1 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 in sharing, you're going to go up. You're going to go up and the spirit of God is going to come upon you in a fresh way. So I'm going to ask you, uh, will be challenged, but I'm going to ask you to do this, to come and stand right now, please, if you would, and uh, just stand here. And if there's three or 33, it doesn't matter, but come, please. I'm going to lay hands briefly on you and just pray for that. And I'm going to believe God is going to shift you individually. He's going to shift this church. You know, this church is going to make a great impact. I sense that you've seen some good things, but there is a lot more that God is going to do. I believe mega shift is going to happen, and this is part of the process of sharing our faith in love and in care to others. So the team will lead us right now, and then I'm just going to do this as they do. Thanks, guys. There's only one of two places. The Bible says when we die, there's heaven and there's hell. And Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. And not our good works will get us there. Not going to church will get us there. They're great things to do. But the only way is Jesus because he died for us. He died without sin. He took my place. He took your place. And we will accept that and receive that and just pray a very short prayer. That's all you need to do. It's so simple. It's called grace. If you want to do that this morning, why don't you just lift your hand up? We're just going to pray with you. won't embarrass you. So if that is you and you don't know where you stand with God this morning, and you'd like to make your peace with God, like to have your sins forgiven, would you just lift your hand right now? And I'll see that. I'll acknowledge that. And I'll pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning? You know, you may have been to church once. You may have come, but you stopped. And you don't know where you stand. You don't have peace. You don't know for sure your sins are forgiven. Jesus is the sin bearer. He is the sin forgiver. He alone can do this. So one final opportunity today, if you'd like to receive Christ as your personal Savior, just lift your hand right now. I'll see that. I'll acknowledge that. And I'll pray for you. Yes, sir. 
thank you. That's a great decision. Well done. Good job. Well done. And thanks, courage. Is there anybody else quickly who wants to join this, this man who's raised his hand? He wants to, you know, it's the most important thing you can do. You're amongst friends. Most of us have done this. We're for you 100%. But the big thing is, God never forces anybody. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. So he's knocking at the door of your heart right now. He says, can I come in? Okay, is anybody else who's going to say, yes, I'm going to open the door of my heart and receive him? Is there someone else today to say, yes, I want to receive Jesus? Yes, sir, that's a great decision. Thank you. Well done. Very, very good. Someone else, you just want to make sure. You know, when altar calls go out, the other Sunday, the guy who's head of security at our church went forward to get saved. And he said, oh, no, I wasn't actually a Christian. I just liked coming to church and thought it was all good. But I wanted to make sure. Well, we were surprised, but good on him for doing it. You want to make sure. I'm going to finish, but is there anybody else you want to make sure, like these two have raised their hand and said, yes, I want to make sure I'm going to get right with God. Today's the day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to open that door. Is that you today? Would you raise your hand, please? Would you raise your hand? I'm just going to ask those two gentlemen, I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray with you both, if I may, as I hand back to Pastor John. We're just going to pray quietly over here, and then I'll pray for you guys, absolutely. So I'm just going to ask, as I hand back to Pastor John, and as the, as the uh, I hand back, do you mind coming out now? We'll be here, and we'll pray with you. Thank you.
wants to do will really flow out of a lot of the friends and family that we have. The second thing I want to say is, can't you just see Steve as a, a cheerleader? Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me an S. He would have done a great job in doing that. And, and you know, the 70s were a great time, but so is now. So is now. Look, I go back to the 80s with Steve. The people that we're hanging out with, the people that we're enjoying church with, the people we've got relationship with, we don't know the connectedness that God is putting into life with those people. And you know, we're going to look back in 10, 15, 20, 30 years' time and say, wow, wasn't 2018, 2019, 2015, 2020, 2023, weren't they great years when the Spirit of God is just working and doing things? God is good, isn't he? So friends, let's take what God has imparted into us today and just pray over it and let it happen. It's not about rules. It's, I was reading just in the Bible this morning, you know, it's not about legalism and law, but it is about those who are connected to the Spirit of God, hearing from Him and following Him. There's a flow, there's a life. And the more we can just, just live in that, we're supposed to live, even when we're eating peanut butter sandwiches, in the Spirit of God, life, connection. When we're at work doing whatever the part that we enjoy to do, and so we've gone into that as a career or a place. Or when we're at school, even in the worst of, of classes or the best of classes, we're supposed to live just connected in with the Spirit of the Lord over our life upon us. And I love the thought that it can get easier. Life generally can get easier. I love that. Life can get easier because we're right on the inside. Spirit of God inside of us. Exciting things happening in the midst of challenge, in the midst of goals, in the midst of life. Still the Spirit of God on the inside of us, just leading us and taking us and His life bubbling up from us. So, you know, as we move out of the Spirit of God, I want to invite you not to just quickly run home. We've put extra chairs and tables out there today so that you can get some coffee and you can get some tea and you can get some fellowship with other people that are around you. So as you're going out there, I encourage you to stay and have a good chat and natter and just let what God's been doing percolate. But make sure you get coffee or tea or some sort of drink as well in there. And just think, next week, another Steve will be on this platform preaching what God's given to him, giving out of his heart, inspiring us to be able to raise some money for missions. God bless you, church. Have a great day.